Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome back. Well, the U.S. Women's National Team will face off against Sweden in the round of 16 early on Sunday morning in what's going to be a massive test for them. Uh, the U.S. haven't looked like the dominant force that we have expected them to be in this tournament, and Sweden is going to be tough. They easily won Group G. They won all three of their matches. I um, mean, it's interesting because the U.S. and Sweden have faced each other seven times in a World Cup, but interestingly, not ever in a knockout round situation. Ooh. Yeah, so it's always been in group stage. So let's take a look at some of these head-to-head -head matches that we've seen in World Cups previously. And the U.S. have done well, but the Sweden team, I think, could give them some problems. Uh, Jenny Chu, when you think about this opponent, what areas of concern do you have? How can Sweden hurt the United States? I think to that question exactly is set pieces. Mm -hmm. um, they've scored what, I think four goals on corner kicks this, this um, World Cup. Yeah. Um, Amanda Ilstedt. Exactly, you have to mark her because she will be lethal on corner kicks. If there's one thing to point out, that is a danger that Vlatko has to point out to his team is to make sure that they don't get scored on a penalty. Are you I confident? Mean, are you confident in Alessandra in the air? No, not at all. She has flailed quite <laughs> a few times. You didn't have to add in the air there. <laughs> is anyone confident no. in Alessandra right now? No. And again, look, no disrespect to her. Obviously, you know she's she's played well when given the opportunities in the past. But after the club season she's had, and without really too many opportunities to really showcase a lot of saves or you know standing on her head when needed. It, it's it's still, as we mentioned on the wall, like it's still kind of, a, you teeter a little bit when you see that Alyssa Nair is in there. Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at the Netherlands goal, I think she wasn't positioned properly. And then in Portugal, there was at least two moments where the rebound comes, she, she gives a rebound right in her six. Portugal just didn't have anyone there. And then when she came out and flailed and missed, missed the, the, uh, the service. So I think that is the big question mark for the U.S. when she gets tested. And I, and I think against Sweden, she will. Can she come up with those big saves and not give up rebounds? But Sweden, on the flip side, they have shown some vulnerabilities as well in those wide areas. Their outside backs defending mm. 1v1 because they, they get so they narrow. So narrow. That's where the U.S. need to shine. And it starts for me with Sophia Smith and Trinity Rodman. Can they get isolated 1v1? and not having to drop deep and get on the ball because the midfield hasn't been good in terms of building out of, of the back and finding those areas about, and playing quickly. What about 2v1 with the fullbacks getting forward? Well, we haven't even seen that. Right. That's, I think, but think you that's don't, a miss, that's but you, missing. But you don't even need that when you have so, so, Sophia Smith and Trey Robin. The uh, idea, I, I, I don't necessarily agree. because You're, you're telling we, me they we, can't beat, break people they, down? They've, they've, they've been one we've owned a lot because that's been their only option often because the fullbacks don't get high. Can we talk about the fullbacks getting high? They haven't been 
superlative. And they, the U.S. looked better when Crystal Dunn was getting up further up the pitch. The thing and about Crystal important. Dunn is that when she comes um, inside, or she comes up, she goes inside. Mm-hmm. She, she, she likes to go inside. So that's not opening up that space um, wide like we're talking about is the vulnerability. So if she's going inside, uh, Fox is better at going, you know, using the, the width of the field. Fox was a little bit better against Portugal getting high. So you, you mentioned Trinity Rodman and mm-hmm. um, Sophia Smith, so that's who you would start up top. What other changes do you think we have to make before that? Well, well, because yeah. Rose Lavelle is out with the yellow card suspension. I know we haven't seen her yet, but Sorry. I would like to see Ashley Sanchez. Thank you. Because I think she has the intangible. She can play. She's a tough tackler. I've seen her in, in the Ireland friendlies in particular. She's, she goes after it. She's a tough tackler, but she, she's the missing creativity that the U.S. needs in midfield in terms of getting on the ball and driving at opponents. The way she plays with the Washington Spirit as almost like a withdrawn nine because they, they split the strikers, Ashley Hatch and Rodman, so wide that she can kind of just roam anywhere in the attacking third. She was the one who gave Julie Ertz fits. Mm-hmm. Yep. When they played Angel City in, in mm-hmm. Washington Spirit. Gave her a very so hard time. I would like to see her put in because Savannah DeMello was the other option, and I think Ashley Sanchez uh, uh, warrants a, a, a chance. Charlie, I agree with you, but the fact that she has not played in this World Cup is a problem because they haven't used the depth. They haven't, you know, obviously we've talked about subs being an issue, but when we talk about um, Sweden, they had nine changes from their starting 11, their original starting 11 in the last match against Argentina. They are well rested. Our starters are not well rested in that sense. So what would you do? No, I'm putting Ashley Sanchez oh, in. Okay, okay. I'm mm. putting Alana Cook in because I've yes. been asking and asking well, and asking too. what is the reason Alana Cook is not playing? Why is Julia it's not playing the six? Um, we haven't gotten any answers so there. Earth I'm hoping that something. Uh, yes, I yeah. would move Julia to the six. I said that we, on box to box the other day too. We all have the same lineup. There's like a consensus about what should be the eleven. I think the only argument is Trinity Rodman or Lynn, Lynn Williams. Williams. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's really the only. Question. I think across the other eleven, we're do you we're in feel agreement. do you feel stronger about one or the other at this yeah, point based on I, performances? I, for me, I think Trinity Rodman starts, and Lynn Williams is so impactful coming off that bench mm-hmm. for this team. She offers up a style of play that the defender, the, after chasing Trinity Rodman around the pitch for you know 60, 70 minutes, yeah. will be just gassed. You bring in Lynn Williams. Hey, superstar. Speak that truth. I actually, that I actually truth. would love to see Alyssa Thompson in this match. She brings something else. She has this flair to her that is so. Do you think she? Would you like her to start? Unpredictable. Or do you see her coming? Uh, in over as who? A sub? No, I'm not saying she's she's starting. Mm-hmm. I'm saying like she. she I want to see her on this ah, pitch. Gotcha. And this is when you move, Sophia Smith to the nine, and you bring Alyssa Thompson in. Morgan. Out. Talk about yes. how many minutes Alex Morgan has played. Yes. You have to take her out in this match right. if we no. continue. In the game. Alex Morgan Not starts out from the starting exactly. lineup, but yeah. out during the match. You can move Sophia Smith. You can bring in Alyssa Thompson. Around you can do the, the Lynn 60, Williams. 60, 65, depending on how the game the goes. The thing that I want to see the most, and Charlie, you mentioned it when we were doing our, our bracket segment. I think that Yes, they've gotten out of the the group stage, which is always the mission. But again, we just we haven't seen them kind of turn it on the way that we have wanted to. And I, I'm hoping that now that we are in the knockouts, now that we have reached the round of 16, there is just an extra gear that is put into into place. There's a sense of urgency because I feel like they haven't been playing with 100%. a sense of urgency, and that is what I. That's really what I want to see on and, Sunday and morning. And taking more chances yeah. and risks. In the first minute of the match against Portugal, Andy Sullivan wins the ball, and instead of playing it in behind because Sophia Smith and Lynn Williams were on their their horses, she opted for a sideways pass or a backwards pass or a safe pass. 
this is the time to be more direct. Mm -hmm. When you have that much space and a team is maybe high pressing you or in a mid block and you can finally use the space in behind, allow Sophia Smith and Trini Rodman or Lynn Williams or Alex Morgan to, to run. Make them chase. That is how you're going to open up more space in the midfield. And then you can start to get on the ball. And I'd like to see the U.S. keep the ball a little bit more, connect passes. To what you're saying, um, Susanna, I think the last thing is that the Netherlands could have been a wake-up call for mm -hmm. them. It could have been what they needed to have a good performance in these knockout rounds. Hopefully that's the case. Otherwise, we just haven't seen that complete performance like we've been mentioning. Netherlands yeah. or Portugal, you mean? Portugal, sorry. Mm -hmm. yes. Well, actually kind of both. Well, I was going <laughs> to say, it could actually go both ways there. Um, 5 a.m. Sunday morning, the United States taking on Sweden we'll in the round of 16. We are going to take a break. Jenny, do you want to stick around so we can chat some Challenge Cup? Great. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, you guys, the Challenge Cup is happening. Don't know if you knew that, but it is, and we are going to discuss it after a break. It's a lot of cups. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back. NWSL Challenge Cup is back this weekend. Here's a look at the fixtures tonight. Orlando taking on Washington. And then tomorrow we have San Diego taking on Angel City. Gotham FC versus the North Carolina Courage. Uh, they are the reigning champions of this tournament. Chicago Red Stars taking on the Houston Dash. And then we've got the Casey Current taking on Racing Louisville. And we finish up on Sunday with a Cascadia Cup rivalry between O.L. Rain and the Portland Thorns. So as a reminder, here is an explainer on what the Challenge Cup is. Um, it is a tournament that runs concurrently with the NWSL season. Three groups of four teams will play home and away legs. And then following group play, the top four teams will face off in the semis. Final is going to happen on September 9th. Um, you can watch all of these matches on Paramount+. Plus, and that's the big one right there. The winning team gets one million dollars mm. in prize money, mm -hmm. which is a lot. It's a lot of money. Um, so that's why this this tournament matters. This is why teams want to win this because that is a lot of cash, and it's interesting, right? Because we've got the Women's World Cup happening right now, Jenny. This uh, Challenge Cup tournament running concurrently. There are so many teams that are missing their best players yes. who are playing in the World Cup. So. If you're a player on one of these teams and you have advanced and you're, this is the final weekend of group play, by the way, for the, the Challenge Cup, you know you're advancing. What's the kind of mental approach that you're, that you're taking? Are you seeing this as an opportunity to maybe increase the amount of minutes, increase your value on the team? Where are their heads at? Of course. Yeah. yeah, this is their chance to prove themselves that they normally wouldn't get. Um, but then the question comes is, even if we do move it forward, am I going to get any playing time when our starters return? Yeah. So there's, there's a little bit of a flip side there. But when it comes to this weekend, I think the one I just circled on my calendar is North Carolina Courage against Gotham because mm. they're one and two in Group A. North Carolina Courage has been so dominant mm -hmm. in the past few weeks in NWSL. I think they're leading NWSL right now. Gotham, I just want to see Midge Purse shine. Yep. I do. Midge, okay, so let's let's talk about a player like Midge Purse, who uh, maybe feels a little 
hard Slide done by it. maybe has a, a chip on her shoulder for not being selected to this uh, World Cup roster for the for the U.S. For her, for a player like that, how important are these matches? Is this kind of like I want to make my my ex jealous type of situation? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, like, can, look how good I look. Is Hello. It's difficult, as difficult as it, as it is when you miss out on a on a dream on a, a goal that you've try, been working towards your, your whole career, the only thing you can do is go out and perform. That's it. And, and show your quality and keep growing. Because unfortunately for Midge, she got an injury. I was going to say, it's important to note that she set, had an injury. set her back. And, and it also allowed players to get more playing time and for Vlatko to say, I'm going to go with someone who's more match fit or has played and hasn't lost sharpness. And I think for Midge, is, you know, it's like picking yourself back up. You've, you've done it your whole career of riding the wave. This is another big wave, a big hurdle. You overcome it and you try and get ready for the next one. Yeah. That's all you can do is, is focus on, on this moment and being the best she can be. Uh, the NC Courage are the reigning champions of the of the Challenge Cup. Jenny, who would you, what team do you think could, could use this Oof. the most? In terms of just like a boost. Because right now, North Carolina Courage can win the league and they can win Challenge Cup, potentially. Who could use this? I mean, Orlando Pride could really use this. We talked at the beginning of the season, but I don't think they can make it through. They have one point. City, if they won and the other two Mm -hmm. lost could get, get, get up. Because Angel City is one that has been struggling in the NWSL Mm -hmm. season. But then if you win a trophy, you know, it kind of, you know, puts a little shine. Right. I think that the... Maybe the teams that need it the most are the teams that don't have those star players that they're missing. That opens up a possibility, you know, that these national team players aren't gone. They can shine. They can build cohesion and stuff and then hopefully win this. Um, Because those are the players that are not making a ton of money from the World Cup. And I hope that, you know, they get more money with this $1 million as a team because I want women to get paid. $1 million. (laughs) Let's go. It's a nice check. It is a nice paycheck. Um, Again, you can watch all of those matches on Paramount+. Plus. All right, guys, we are going to take a break. We also, we've got some more soccer to look forward to this weekend. The Scottish Premiership as well as the Championship kick off their seasons this weekend. Uh, We're going to look ahead to that after a short break. Welcome back. The Scottish Premiership returns this weekend. Here's a look at the opening weekend fixtures. Celtic taking on Ross County tomorrow morning at 7.30 a.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Network. We also have Dundee United taking on Motherwell. Livingston against Aberdeen. St. Johnstone against Hearts. Kilmarnock against Rangers. And Hibernian against St. Mirren. Um, Guys, it's all happening. This is just, you know, this is... Brendan Rodgers. That's right. Yeah. Let's He's go. back. Wow. Also, no Ange Postacoglu. No Ange Postacoglu for Celtic, um, which is going to be interesting. He is now the manager at Tottenham, and we'll see how he does there. Uh, but Celtic is uh, the reigning champions. They Let's talk about Cameron Carter-Vickers, um, mm-hmm. who is American. I think historically we've seen a lot of Americans do well in the Scottish Premiership, and Cameron Carter-Vickers had an outstanding season for them last year. Um, he was just such a, a, a key key part of their success. He underwent knee surgery at the end of this season. So he I don't know how what his fitness level is like. I don't know when we are going to see him back on the pitch. But Charlie, I know that he is a player that you are very familiar with. You're yes. very enthusiastic about what did he do well 
last season? Where did you see his game evolve? Well, one, he, he reads the game very well. So his positioning was phenomenal with Celtic. But where he excels is his tough tackling, the anticipation of a touch and the timing of the tackle. I mean, he's rock solid, super strong in the tackle. And where he improved the most is his distribution and the decision-making when he's on the ball. So in the World Cup, I thought he was phenomenal against Iran. He was. And, and should have gotten the start against yep. the Netherlands, in my opinion. But... This is another year for him because there were some links to Tottenham and falling Ange Postacoglu to Tottenham. It didn't happen. Mm -hmm. So another strong season, and I could see him going to the Premier League next season, the, the following season. Didn't so. Ange Postacoglu say that he was afraid of yes, Cameron yes. Vickers? And Have you was, seen Ange Postacoglu? He's a big dude too, And he's the best defender in Scotland, yeah. is what Ange Postacoglu mm -hmm. said. So. so how will Brendan Rodgers deal with this man? Well, Brendan Rodgers, I think, it can only continue to, to further his development mm -hmm. as a manager. So. How different are they going to look under a Brendan Rodgers-led team rather than an Ange Postacoglu? Because I know, speaking to some Celtic fans, they were devastated when he left. They absolutely loved him and what he did for that club. They, like were they were devastated when both these managers left. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, I, not to interrupt you, I apologize. But um, I think when you look at... Brendan Rodgers, I feel like he has a lot to prove in this position here. Definitely. I know he's, I, you know, the last few years, uh, or really ever since he left Liverpool, it's been a, a pretty consistent downward slide. No, he went back up with, with Celtic in, in, before he went to Leicester. But, oh, okay, yeah. So uh, ever since he left Celtic, it's I should say. It's been a roller coaster. It's been a roller coaster, yeah. And I think back to the three envelope things. Uh, you know, it, he's almost become a bit of a punchline, you know, and, and uh, you know, the term used against him is bottle job. I feel like this is an opportunity for him to solidify himself as that top manager yet again. And a backline, a strong backline is that. So speaking specifically of Carmen Carter Vickers, it feels like it, he, he helps settle the team. I, so. I, I don't think Brendan Rodgers is rated so lowly. He, he, he did, did all right he did, at Leicester. And, and, and at Liverpool, I understand that the, the league was lost in a very dramatic fashion. But listen, that was, compared to the Liverpool teams of now, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a pretty limit, limited Liverpool squad if you look at it in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. He had that Liverpool team playing well. Then he had a really good season with Leicester. And shamefully, it didn't end how he would have wanted it to yeah. end. But You said it was a limited Liverpool side with Luis Suarez? In, in compared to what they have now, yeah. Luis Suarez, Steven G, but it was like Jordan Hyde, Nathaniel Klein. It wasn't. Yeah, there it wasn't. wasn't extra, it, it wasn't, wasn't as top, complete top of it. I know, but Luis Suarez was the nine. Okay, fine. Maybe limited is the wrong word, but it's not as strong as as, a, as, as not most as of Klopp's yeah. yes. Liverpool teams. Yeah. I would agree with several that. Several weak points there. It's just interesting because Brendan Rodgers, I feel like there's, there's always kind of an asterisk by his but name. Like, I don't know. You know, and I and I feel like this is sort of an opportunity for him to kind of reestablish himself as, I don't want to say like that legitimate doesn't sound, doesn't sound right, but you know what I mean? It's like he needs to, he, he needs to kind of like just regain that mojo that he possibly has lost. He's got to prove the haters wrong. We'll see. Exactly. Lot, he does. He's got a lot of <laughs> haters. No That's hate, what bro. I was trying to say. Um, all right. We are going to uh, take a break before we do. We also have some championship matches to look forward to. Here's a look at the opening weekend fixtures. Sheffield Wednesday, Southampton, Blackburn Rovers against West Brom, Leeds, Cardiff, Leicester, Coventry City, and Sunderland first mighty Ipswich town. Let's go. All right, we're going to take a break. We've got some headlines on the other side. Don't go anywhere.
into the headlines, guys. According to multiple reports, U.S. men's national team and Valencia midfielder Yunus Musa has arrived in Italy to finalize a $22 million transfer to AC Milan. Musa will undergo a medical today before signing a five-year deal with the Serie A side to unite with his U.S. men's national team eight. Uh, Christian Pulisic at the San Siro. Musa joins Milan after a four-year stint with Valencia. Over to European news, Barcelona midfielder Frank Kessie is close to finalizing a $16 million transfer to Saudi Arabia side Al-Ali. He joins the club's other summer signings, Riyad Mahrez, Roberto Firmino, Eduard Mendy and Alan Saint-Maximet. The Ivory Coast International will be the second major departure from Xavi's squad ahead of Usman Dembele's expected transfer to PSG. In Chelsea news, the Blues have added a major piece to their first team, signing centre-back Axel de Sassi from Monaco. The West London club agreed to a six-year contract for the French international worth around $49 million. The defender is expected to replace the injured Wesley Fofana, who's missing part of the season with a torn ACL. Torn ACL, he joins as Pochettino's sixth summer signing, including Christopher Nkoku and Nicholas Jackson. In more Premier League news, Tottenham Hotspurs are on the verge of an agreement with Wolfsburg to sign defender Mikey Vandeven in a deal approaching $54 million, including add-ons. The left-back, the left-sided centre-back will undergo a medical to complete the transfer of a long-term contract. The Dutchman made 33 Bundesliga appearances last season, helping Wolfsburg finish eighth in the league. Vandeven will be Tottenham's fourth summer signing after the arrivals of James Madison, Guglielmo, Vicario and Ma- Manor Solomon. And lastly, an update on the Tottenham news that has been talked about all summer long. Jason Burt from The Telegraph is reporting that Bayern Munich have set a midnight deadline today for Tottenham Hotspurs to accept their latest offer for Harry Kane. If a deal is not agreed upon to sell their star forward to the Bundesliga Giants, the striker is expected to play the final year of his contract with the Lily Whites and leave for free next summer. It is expected that Bayern will have to offer around $110 million to persuade the Premier League club to sell Kane. Nico, Tottenham have been very active in this summer transfer window. Do you think that that's because they're expecting this deal with Kane to go through? If you don't give them up for 110 million... You're foolish. That, you that would be crazy to well, not how do much it. More but then, then the risk is... Right. I don't think... He, he's going to walk next year because the risk that you're taking is Tottenham making top four because the only way that you're convincing Harry Kane to stay afterwards is if you make Champions League for next season. That's the bet, because I don't see any other, any other bet for, for Spurs. And that as is a business, a it's too much of a risk. Of He's money. walking. Let him go. Yeah. And then you, you play with Richarlison, and you hope that he finally scores some goals. And, and, and you go with, you have a new coach, you manager, let him you, try and impact this new look Tottenham side. But you, as a club, have to let him go for that type of price tag when he can walk for free, can sign anywhere in six months for free. Mm -hmm. Just on a a business proposal alone, you'd be foolish not to take that. Completely agreed. I mean, there's, you're not going to get this much money from anyone else. You're going to, in fact, you're not going to get anywhere near this money in in, in a few months when it's a uh, January transfer window. You're not. Just go. Cut bait. Now move on from this experiment. He's wanted. He wanted to leave last season. I was going to say, you think Harry Kane at this point is just like, come on. And you, yeah. can, get, you, can, get, you can get a good replacement. The, the dominoes, again, we're getting towards the end of the transfer window. And the dominoes of the strikers hasn't fallen. Vlahovic is still uh, put. Lukaku yeah. still put. Um, Harry Kane is still put. And Alan Shearer will drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Harry Kane right to Munich. Absolutely yes. he will. This is like one of those couples who said, let's just, we'll, we'll stay together until the kids graduate. 
and then one of your kids gets left back senior year, you're like, you know what, why don't we do it anyway? Just <laughs> cut bait now. Please, run. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. All right, guys, we are going to take a break, uh, but plenty more to come on Morning Footy when we return. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. Well, after lifting the MLS Cup trophy with LAFC last season, Kellen Acosta has established himself as a stalwart midfield presence for the club as well as the U.S. men's national team. And in last night's 7-1 win in League's Cup over Juarez, he notched an assist on the first goal of the game. We are thrilled to welcome him in now. Kellen Acosta, welcome to Morning Footy. Thanks for joining us bright and early. Yeah, yeah thanks for having me, guys. Okay, so you guys had a nice kind of extended break uh, during this League's Cup, but then you guys come out against Juarez and get a 7-1 result. How good, number one, did it feel just to get back on the pitch and playing again? No, I felt great. I think for, for our standpoint, we haven't played a game in two, three weeks, so um, for us, it, it was nice to get the, the, the break, but even better to get back into the fold. Um, we're on the outside looking in, um, watching League's Cup, so to be to be back in it was huge, and then obviously... With the uh, result the other day, I mean, it was a huge result um, by the boys. And, um, yeah, we started off strong, and hopefully we can continue on that foot. Sometimes when you have a team has an extended break, it can kind of work against you if there's, if there's momentum. But it seems like you guys had – you have such a packed schedule, especially when you take into consideration CONCACAF Champions League. How beneficial was this time off for the club? Yeah, it was definitely huge. I think you kind of touched on it. Yeah, our schedule was super congested. Playing every three days, lots of travel, lots of games. Um, you know, we relied on our full roster, but, you know, having this break came at the perfect time for us. Um, we kind of divided the season into two parts. That was our first half of the season, and now we're, we're looking into our second half. Um, guys are fresh. Um, you know, our injured guys are coming in back. Uh, we added some additions as well that should be with the team soon. And so, um, no, it's been, it's been great thus far. And hopefully, like I said, we can just continue um, building momentum off of this past game and, um, you know, look ahead to, to our game on Tuesday. Kellen, what did you do during the break? Like, what were you guys, like, were you just keeping tabs on League's Cup, watching Women's <laughs> World Cup? Like, what, what does the, the time off look like? Obviously, I know you guys are still training, but, but how do you kind of occupy your time? Yeah, honestly, I, I didn't watch a whole lot of League's Cup. I kind of just wanted a reset in, in a sense. Um, I mean, playing a lot of footy, sometimes you just want to get your mind off of it. I kind of tuned in a little bit to the women's uh, national team, um, but uh, League's Cup, not so much. But I spent most of my time in New York, and um, no, I nice. enjoyed it. Just being a thousand degrees up there. It was a time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice. So what do you make of... Leo Messi coming to MLS 2, Inter-Miami, being in League's Cup. What does that do for the league? How do you feel as a player? And have you guys been talking about in the locker room, like Carlos Bella being like, hey, this is a new rivalry, like, let's go. No, I think just collectively, um, everyone's just excited. I mean, when you have a, a player like Messi coming to your league, one of the best to, to ever do it, and, um, you know, kind of sharing the field with him is – is obviously truly special, but I mean, I'm, I'm on the opposing side. So, you know, whenever I'm going to face Messi um, at some point, you know, we, we want to beat them and we want to beat him uh, especially. And, and he's really uh, done well since he's came into the league. But um, like I said, I mean, I'm on the opposing side of it, uh, although it's, it's been very great. But, um, you know, here at LFC, we want to win. Are you, are you surprised at all about 
how well he's fit in to, to this team and, and his results thus far? No, he's messy. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> I, think, I think his resume shows for that. I want to ask, you mentioned you watched the Women's World Cup. Obviously, we've been watching as well. Uh, what are your thoughts as someone who, you know, plays as a defensive midfielder in the midfield? Midfield looks like it's been a little bit of a struggle for the U.S. Women's National Team. What have you noticed just watching it? Yeah, I think just, just needs to be more cohesive uh, in terms of that. And I think, you know, this huge match that they have coming up against Sweden is going to be a great test. Um, I know, you know, there's been a lot of chatter, but I know being in the World Cup, I think you internalize everything that's going on within the group. And, you know, I have no doubts that the, the girls will get it done. Um, I know um, things have been, you know, sort of negative in, in, that, in that sense, but I'm hoping that, you know, they can just keep the foot on the gas, remain positive, and, you know, get a huge result um, coming up. Also, let's switch back to League's Cup. We've, we've had this conversation. How do the players view the League's Cup? Some fans look at it as this sort of break in the, in the season. It's just this extra little competition. It's an opportunity to play against some big Mexican competition that you don't get to play against all the time, really show how good of a team you are. You guys certainly did that against Juarez. How do you view this League's Cup competition? How is it viewed, talked about in the locker room? Yeah, it's another opportunity for us to win a trophy. Um, obviously, being the first ever League's Cup at, at this magnitude is definitely huge. Um, you know, um, having that crossover play between League MX and, and the MLS. And like I said, it's another opportunity for us to showcase ourselves. And um, um, this upcoming game on Tuesday it will be an interesting one. We could, you know, play um, a team that, that kind of have a sour taste in our mouth that beat us in the Champions League final, or we can play against a familiar face uh, at Salt Lake with Chicho and also Dane Musoski. Um, so it is a great opportunity for us on, on both sense. But, um, you know, if we were able to get Leon, I think. You want um, that revenge. Yeah. There we go. There we Kellen go. Kellen always wants that smoke. I, I love know. it. Well, speaking <laughs> of smoke, speaking of smoke, uh, Kellen, we would be remiss if we didn't chat to you about uh, some fashion. I know you just said you were in New York. Perhaps you were hitting some stores, getting some more swag. Your drip is absolutely ridiculous. I know that you and I have spoken about this before. We're just looking at some pictures of you right now. My goodness. I mean, you just bring it every single time. We obviously oh, know that you clean. have the best style on LAFC, but if you had to pick one of your teammates who has, you know, maybe, maybe can come in Ooh. second to your style, who would that be? Who who has decent style on the club? Um, I would either say Denis Buanga or Jesus Murillo. Okay. Two, uh, they're, they're, they're tied. They're very different in their own regard, but I think they bring their own style, which I think it's pretty put together, and, and uh, I love it. And then a, a, a side shout to Giorgio Chiellini. He oh. always plays. But uh, he, he's... He's put together as well with his suiting and his tailoring, so he's always he's always dressed nice. I've heard you got quite the sneaker collection. I'm a sneakerhead myself. Uh, what's your your favorite pair? What's the most expen uh, most money you've spent on on a pair of kicks? Oh man, um, my favorite pair at the moment. I I don't even know. I have like these reverse curries. Um, dunks that I wear pretty often. They're like kind of like a like a burnt orange and white. Okay. Um, and the most I've spent, I don't even want to say it out loud. Ooh. Um, <laughs> are we talking yeah. designer or? Uh, well, I would just say what what they are. Red Octobers. Oh wow! I don't even know what that is, but it's yeah. some, some thousands. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Easy, easy release. Moment. 
Yeah. Yeezy five released. Digits. We're talking five digits here. Woo! Yeah. Bang. Kellen, well, uh, you're cooking with your fashion. You're cooking on the field. Also, uh, you're doing great work off the pitch. And uh, with your foundation, building communities with soccer, talk to me a little bit about that. How how important has that been for you and, and for the people you're impacting? Yeah, it's been great. It's something that I just launched. Um, I think it's only been a couple weeks ago. Um, it's been in the works since since last February. But I mean, my overall goal is to unify communities through soccer and obviously um, tackle underprivileged youth and underserving communities. Um, you know, to give them better opportunities and, you know, share the love that I have with soccer and making it more accessible. Um, you know, soccer has been my life. It's brought me, you know, all over the world. I met some incredible people. Um, it's given me a job. It's given me kind of just everything. And I want to use sport to help unify others and give them opportunity, give them belief. And, and um, you know, so far, so good. I mean, my overall goal is to, to build fields. I have two in the works right now here in L.A., um, you know, two in Denver on the way. And I mean, I'm trying to help support U.S. Soccer Foundation initiative of having a thousand fields by 2026. Wow. So Role model. right now I have four and I mean, I'm hoping to, you know, get many more. Are you going to go to Texas? Back to Plano, yeah, Texas, your hometown? I, I will. I will. I think from my standpoint, um, I think it's important for me to be um, available. Um, and so I want to do in areas that I spend most of my time in and L.A. being one. So, I mean, when we do have programming and such, I want to be present. Um, Denver as well. I have a big following in Denver. I visit Denver quite often. And then obviously in Dallas as well in the off season. So respect, Kellen. Um, that's awesome. Key cities that I want to I want to hit. And Let's then go. Beyond that, I'll keep expanding. Well, Kellen, keep it up, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us this morning. Best of luck the rest of the season and League's Cup. We'll be watching. Awesome. Thank you, guys. All right, guys. Thank you. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody. We will see you on Monday. Go USA! Vamos!